Welcome back to the absolute hottest show on all of their interwebs. There is no show like us. We give you that truth. We give you that juice. We give you that heat. Welcome to the Corporate Savages Podcast, where we talk about how to make it, navigate, and have fun in corporate America, and discuss what's good in these streets. Before we get before we get it popping, let me give you a quick disclaimer. Even though I know we are like sages and we give great advice, no advice that we give in this podcast can be considered financial or life advice. Now, with that out the way, it's your host, Jordan Coleman, aka The Millionaire, The Black Tony Stark. Alright, and you already know who this is. It's your boy, Mango Noah, aka Mango, aka The Lover Boy. Okay, Mr. Suave. I was sing today, but you know, I got a little hoarse voice. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill my RB. Gotta save the singing voice. <laughs> gotta save the singing voice. Got to. Yeah, you, you know? gotta buy the premium for that. <laughs> but yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's me. I only need one name. The boy Kwame. Let's get it, y'all. So we got a spicy one for you. I know I say that every episode, but I'm serious. This time. So the theme for the episode is how to deal with and give constructive criticism in the workplace. Now, I know everybody says they can take constructive criticism, but don't lie. Sometimes you be getting salty. And look, we all been there. We all been in that situation where, yeah, you know, it's the truth, but it still stings. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and get a popping with the first question. So, Ming, Kwame, if, let's say, for uh, for example, that you have a co-worker that you feel like needs to improve their job, a.k.a. trash, how do you tell this co-worker in a way that would be constructive and not break them down? Okay, okay. So, I'm going to give kind of like two answers. Um... The one answer is the working from home edition, because since, you know, we're still in the whole pandemic and whatnot, um, I would definitely want to at least, I at least want to at least try to like, want to kind of like set up a quick meeting where it's like, pretty much you'll want to, uh, want to give like that co-worker your the best advice to being able to approve on themselves kind of like just coaching them or mentoring them in like a way uh they could be able to work or do their job more efficiently and then let's say like you're not working from home as well right you can be able yeah, to yeah. <clears throat> sorry to cut you off but let's just add a caveat that it's somebody that you're friends with right so it's, yeah. it's not necessarily have to be like a formal way Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess really like three answers now, really. If it was like someone who wasn't really your friend, um, yeah, I mean you can definitely just be able to pull them aside and just be able to like say like what's wrong, like what they're doing wrong with their and their work. But I feel like uh, if like you're pretty much close with this person at work, you can just be straight up with them. Uh, you can just kind of like politely tell them. What they're doing wrong as well or what they need to be able to improve 
um you know just giving them like a heads up kind of thing you know you already got a bs or beat around the bush with them you know see i, I think that's a good a good way to put it man but i kind of have to disagree just a little bit and what i mean by that is like yeah it, you could be straight up with people but what i found is that especially when you tell somebody especially if it's like a friend Sometimes you gotta be tactful about something, you know? You can't just be like, hey, man, like, you trash at this, you know? Uh, I need to, you need to do da 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 da. But maybe you, you say it in, in a way to, what's what's the rule? Would you give a compliment? A compliment you, you sandwich? Reality? Yeah, sandwich. You might have to sandwich it. So, for example, it's like, Kwame, you know, I really love how you, you write in sequel. You do a good job finding those tables. But, you know, it is taking you two hours to find that. But, you know, like I said, you, you write it good, so maybe you just need to either create a template or find a way to speed it up. Something like that. You know, I know that's not a perfect example, but that's kind of how I feel like I would structure it. Yeah, I think that even if you're really close with somebody, it can be really hard to give constructive criticism without it coming off as, like, you being overly critical or being rude so like what jordan said like a compliment sandwich can be real good or maybe like a subtle way to bring it up unless it's like you know a pressing issue but like subtly finding a way to basically tell them that hey you know this this you could do a lot better basically you could do a lot better uh, but sorry to cut you off man but i'm gonna actually i'm gonna actually answer it uh, uh answer the question but basically what I would do if I if it was my friend and I'm trying to give them constructive criticism, um, I would be like very specific about what they could do to improve. Because a, a lot of the times when we get constructive criticism, it's, it's mostly like, hey, you're doing this wrong. Can you be better instead of like ways to actually be better? So like, let's say, for example, you know, the emails that you write you know they're not up to standard you don't write good emails i could be like hey you know i i appreciate you you know writing out emails and things like that for the project but if you could actually start to add this this and this in the emails and make sure that you include this in the emails and blah 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 so like my way of giving constructive criticism would just be like helping you to be a better you and then if you don't take that advice then we got a different conversation but you know i'm gonna try to give you the keys first it's up to you to open the door oh i like that, I like that. <laughs> well, what about you jordan and, and, i mean yeah I, I agree i guess i more so i guess it, it depends right because some people say i'm rude i don't feel like i'm rude but i'm very honest but I'm not honest to everybody, right? I'm honest to people that I feel like can handle honesty. You know, you know what I'm saying? There's some people who are just, just a little bit more sensitive than other people, so you gotta be more tactful for that, for them. So let's say I'm, I'm dealing with some more sensitive individual. For that type of person, I might, I might go about saying, uh, I might try to make them realize their shortcomings about me actually saying it. So, for example, if my friend was complaining that, you know, he gets yelled at a lot or his manager's always on his case, mm -hmm. 
I would go about saying, you know, do you, do you feel like you work as hard as your other employees? Are you there as long as our employees? Do you feel like you have as much knowledge as other employees? That type of stuff to try to make them realize that maybe what your the manager is telling them or the constructive criticism that people are giving them is actually true mm-hmm. in a way that I'm not the one saying it. You know, I don't want to be the bad guy. Right. So. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, Jordan. Yeah. But if it's y'all, like, I know y'all are tough mentally, so, and emotionally, so I can hit y'all with some reality, and y'all won't be like, oh, you're a, you're a butthole, Jordan, you know? So, yeah. I guess it just depends. Yeah, and I mean, kind of like, piggyback on you a bit, Jordan, like, necessarily, like, you can also be, like, very truthful with them in a way where it's like, you're not really attacking them you're more so just like attacking the situation mm-hmm. where it's like you're really commenting on how they're uh doing poorly in this situation or how they're handling that situation pretty badly um so you just really want to make sure or enforce like you know that you're really commenting more so on the situation itself rather than making it seem like you're attacking them because if you're attacking them of course like they're gonna feel bad and they're not really going to be able to perform well because of how they receive that constructive criticism, you know? That's true. And that's, that's a good segue for our second question. So I don't know about you, but to me, there's a huge difference between constructive criticism and regular criticism, especially at work. Like sometimes, you know, you have like your meeting and you know how it's supposed to be constructive. A lot of times, I'll leave those meetings and I'll be wanting to quit. And I, it ain't nothing constructive came out of it. The only thing it made me do is not want to work there anymore. So, right. I guess, how do you make it make make it so the conversation of criticism is always constructive? Like, what steps or keys do you add into it to make it that way? Yeah, let me let me go ahead and hit this first. Um, but I think the, the difference is actually in the name, you know? Like, with constructive criticism... The whole point of the criticism is to build you up so that you're better. But I think with regular criticism, it's literally there to tear you down. Like you're supposed to feel like you shouldn't even be at that job if you're getting, you know, criticized, you know? So like with constructive criticism, they are basically telling you, hey, this this thing that you're doing isn't good, but and it needs to be better. But not in a way where it's basically tell you, telling you that you can't be better. It's basically saying that you need to be better. Well, with the regular criticism where you're tearing somebody down, you're making them feel like they don't even belong there. And that's where we get into, you know, like the imposter syndrome and things like that, where you're like hurting somebody's psyche to the point that they don't even want to work for you no more. So I think that's the difference between the two, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And I think it's, it's, in my opinion, managers, all the managers that I liked knew how to give constructive criticism well. So the first right. thing that I found that good managers do is they compliment you on the skills that you are good at. Mm-hmm. And they tell you that if you were to work on these things, because you're good at th- these certain skills, if you are able to lift up the rest of your skills, then you have a bright future at the company. So right. I think for me, constructive criticism is like I said, you gotta throw some positive in there too, and tell them if you work on this, you gotta give them a benefit for working on it. Exactly. But that's just... 
Yeah, and then it's like, um, I feel like the main difference between the two is just being more so specific, which is kind of like also what two also kind of really said, where it's more so like, uh, I don't know, like it's pretty much where I feel like regular criticism is more so focused on the I, where it's more so like, for example, like, hey, like I just think you suck. Or, hey, I think you're so bad at your job, you can just quit. Sheesh. Or, and then, you know, also where it's just like being more specific with the constructive criticism, more so like, you know, good effort on this report, but here are some things you can be able to improve. X, Y, Z, da 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 da. You know, after you can do this, I believe that your report would be like uh, making the client super happy that they give us a million dollars type of thing so it's just more so yeah it's just more so being able to focus on those objective points more so than those like subjective uh, opinions yeah I agree with you man you know I think that's a good segue for our last question so the question I have is I'm also going to cheat on this one if you don't want to <laughs> tell us about a time where you given constructive criticism and how you took it i'm i'm gonna play a uno reverse card and i'm gonna talk about a situation where i gave constructive criticism so i have a a childhood friend in my neighborhood i ain't gonna expose him by his name but he's a tall dude you know to me you know i feel like he could be a model and he has everything he's missing like he has everything that a lot of things you can't buy right but the one thing is, is he's like extremely lazy and he, he doesn't seem to have a need to make money or be ambitious so you know I, I just was like I see him not about to destroy his life but he's not going down the path or he's not following his potential so you know I basically tell him like bro you can't be no bum out here like no 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 woman or even for yourself nobody wants no dude that's not ambitious but instead of just harping on that and beating him down, what I did was like, look, man, like I said, you're handsome, you know, you're tall, and you know, I, I, I know you have a lot of things that a lot of people don't have. If you were to get this last component, then you're gonna be better than 99% of people. So why not just put in the effort so you can, you know, be the complete package? Cause yeah, you might you might be, for example, let's say you're building the most expensive chair in the world, but the most expensive chair in the world is, is useless if you don't have the screws to build the chair, right? You can have all the other parts, but if you ain't got the screws, that chair is damn worthless. Or it's worthless. So that's kind of how I put it. And I think he, he, because I was, I put it in a way to where it made it seem like I, I pointed out that you have all the things that you can't buy with money. It's just your lack of effort that is keeping you from reaching your full potential. I think he he really appreciated that the way that I put that. Do, do you guys still talk, Jordan? Yeah, we After do. We talk every day. So he wasn't too mad at me. So, like, how did he initially take it? He was mad at first because I, you know, I wasn't tactful. I was like, bro, like you can't be a bum. Like, you know, money ain't important. Blah 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 blah. You know, you just assess this money. Which I, I mean, I am. I agree. <laughs> That's beside the point. <laughs> but then I was like, look, bro, like I know money is not the most important thing ever, but you need to at least be able to take care of yourself. You can't be living off somebody forever. 
you have all the capacity to be a great person you just not putting in the effort like and you know and once i pointed that out and i basically gave him a compliment first before hitting with serving out he was able to better take that in stride yeah yeah that's a good friend right there the one that can like sit you down and tell you tell you about yourself we all need that sometimes seriously like nobody's perfect we can all improve on things but um so for my story about the constructive crit i'm actually playing straight up i don't have any i ran out of my uno reverse cards but um (laughs) basically uh when i had my end of year review at one of my jobs um one of the things that I really wanted out of that gear was to get promoted. And, you know, I really felt like I had did everything in my uh, power to get promoted. And, you know, I like did everything that I thought was uh, needed in order to get that, that next level. Um, but during that end of the year review, my manager told me, she gave me constructive criticism. She's like, listen, you know, if you want to move to the next level, we need you to take ownership of things. We need you to be able to point to certain things that you've done, um, you know, to, to say that you own it. And, you know, just a lot of a lot of different things that I could do to, you know, better put myself in that position to get that raise. Um, and so when the next year came around, I literally I had a list of things that I did. Like I was like, look, I own that. I own that. I mentored this person. Like I was basically just like checking off the list that she gave me of uh, constructive criticism uh, uh, to get to that next level. And, you know, because of Corona, I wasn't able to get that promotion, but I did get that raise that uh, we talked about in that first review. So, you know, I took that constructive criticism and I used it as motivation and like a a literally a laundry list of things that I could change uh, in order to get to that next level, so. That's my story, constructive criticism. I, I just want to say, Corona, if you out there, I got a knife. I got a gun. <laughs> I'm coming for you. You're not running away from me. Yeah, take take her out, please. We need we need her gone. <laughs> so Kwame, do you think like now after you you receive that constructive criticism, uh, do you feel like that? help you improve even more uh you know from your job now like being able to like you know take ownership with certain things and be able to like you know have more responsibilities yeah definitely uh because honestly i don't think i really understood what it took to get to that next level before that i was just doing the things that i thought needed to be done to get promoted but actually hearing that constructive criticism and hearing hey you need to do this this and this you have to show us this you got to do this um it really put it into uh, per, uh put it in perspective of what i need to do so and i suggest to everybody like if you if you're looking to move to that next level at your job make sure you're putting that in front of people like telling people hey you know, I want to get to this level. What does it take? What do, what, do, what do you need to see for me to get this promotion? What do I need to do? So, like, people will answer you. They will answer you. They'll give you a list, and you use that as motivation. And make sure that you're able to cross off all those things on your list. Yeah, that's true. 
and right there you know that also makes people like see you that you're ready for the next role you know right all right i like that Quan. um so for my story um i will say i do not have a reverse uno you know or i do not have no like you know uh story from like corporate savages the company i worked at um but I, will, I do have one story uh where it's like from college um so pretty much with this story it was like i had an opportunity to go to india to present um with a group as well to be able to present uh believe like it was a topic that we had where we did research on a topic and then we'll be able to present our research um to like a convention in india so i pretty much was applying for that position or for that uh for the opportunity and i had to make a, a speech or just be able to present my research or findings uh to a board and not gonna lie i never really like practice or anything like that so when it was the day to be able to present my findings and my research I had it all down packed for my research right uh but yeah it was like the day of like i don't know why but i just kind of froze up and i had to like step out the room collect myself and be able to like still be able to like uh present my findings um, and then pretty much like after the presentation i had uh, I didn't really do too well, I'll admit. So I was walking back to my apartment, and then that's when one of my friends called me, who was actually on the board, and he was just saying, or just giving me pointers, or pretty much like constructive criticism, like how I could be able to improve from my presentation. Because he said that my findings was pretty, like, good, you know? But it was just the way I presented it was just pretty poorly. Um, so he was just giving me pointers on how I can be able to improve I should practice next time in front of people um, just also saying like um, how I can pretty much like take time like make sure I like pause my sentences or be able to like uh, pause my uh, the way I say things to be able to make sure that I convey my thoughts out correctly uh, and that really did help um, even to this day like I still kind of really try to follow my friends advice and yeah I just feel like uh, with that advice it really did help me out in a lot more too and yeah you know yeah. I just wish back then I would have like at least heard that advice before then so I could be able to go to India but yeah you know it's a lot of Hey, when COVID over, Corporate Savage is going to be traveling around. That's all I got to say. Hey. Got you. Pod, got you. pod in Bali. Yes, yes sir. sir. Bye. <laughs> well, is that all that we had for our theme before we move on to our trending topics? Yeah. I think we crushed it. Yeah, let's go ahead and go to the trending topics. Yes, sir, Ski. So uh, we we working on the the buzzer. I, we, I, I'm looking for some alarms and stuff to, to turn on when when it's trending topics time. But y'all, it's back, we it's back to the trending topics where we talk about pop culture, serious topics, and whatever else is happening in the world. And we got some juicy ones for you today, boy. I can't wait. Here we go. Ooh, boy. 
So the very first trending topic is one topic that seems to be on everybody's mind. It's been blowing up the internet, and I honestly think it's by design. And of course, I'm talking about Mr. Little Nas X. Little Nase, Little Nose X. Uh, so if you don't know, he recently dropped his uh, highly anticipated song called Call Me By Your Name. Uh, and he did a music video for it where he to me it's, it seems like he was trying to be really artistic and whatnot but uh you know towards the end of the video he slides down a stripper pole he's like from he's in heaven i guess he, he, he got killed was in heaven slides down a stripper pole into hell twerks on satan kills satan puts his horns on it. I guess he becomes Satan or whatever. And um, a lot of people are taking offense to the satanic imagery and just the the weirdness of it all. <laughs> so I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on, on that first before we move on to the second part of that story. So I would say um, I feel like Lil Nas X well first of all I, i'm not gonna lie i actually do like the song and the video was pretty bizarre i'm not gonna lie but at the same time i feel like i get his point uh so from when i was like doing some research on this like it really did piss off a lot of evangelical not believe i'm saying the word right or wrong but um it pissed off a lot of those christians right and i feel like he was trying to make a point with those you know christians or just out to the world where pretty much you know uh, it doesn't really matter if you're gay because he is gay um it just matters like who you are and i guess he was just trying to make a point where it's like you won't really be judged uh if you go to hell if you're gay because you can pretty much still do what you want in hell because he's pretty much giving a lap dance to satan himself in hell and that he killed Satan himself so I just feel like he was just trying to make a big point that you know no matter if you're gay or straight you know you can really be whoever you want to be and no one should really judge you for that you know yeah Jordan what you think yeah, I don't really have it I don't really have an issue with him being gay or him doing I, I mean, I understand that it's just basically saying that, you know, everybody's telling him that he's going to hell because he's gay, so it's kind of like his troll. I don't really have an issue with that. My issue is with that he's just going to do a switch up when he's basically been like a kid artist the whole time. Even though he say, says he's not, he's been on Sesame Street. He he took, he won and took the Nickelodeon uh, Globe or whatever it's called. The Choice Awards. He has a children books coming out. So you can't sit here and try to pretend like you have not been a artist that children like. Why didn't you put a disclaimer on this video or something? You know, that's the part that I'm kind of confused about and mad about. It's like, I know you say you're not a kid-friendly artist, but all your moves have been like that. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of out of left field and he should have gave people a better warning than he did. I don't know, Jordan. I kind of disagree with that point. Because if you listen to Old Town Road, he was literally singing about lean. And that is literally not kid-friendly, you know? Right. Like, I just feel like 
you know, the so kids. I agree with that, but like, how do you excuse him going to Sesame Street and writing a child's book? You know, and 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 going to Nickelodeon. Like, you don't think that's kid-like behavior or, or kid-friendly behavior? Like, you know what I'm I saying? Mean, it's not like it's Cardi B. Well, but like, I you mean, know, people like, money, you know? yeah, but people like Chris Brown been on Sesame Street and Disney Channel. Like, does that mean he's a kid artist as well? I mean, I would, I would say that if you are going to cater to kids or your, if your music caters to kids, then I think you need to be more sensitive about that stuff. Yes. I feel like if anything, as an artist, I feel like, yes, you should be a little bit more conscious about you know the way you just play music but at the same time you, you shouldn't really have to cater to like a specific audience group because you know he didn't really decide to uh cater to the kids he just kind of came to him naturally and of course like come on he's doing it for the money it's not like he's just doing it for the love of it if he did he wouldn't have you know said lean and old town road or you know he would use like more like kid-friendly words if he was like a true speaker for the kids, you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that, I'll add. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Corn. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think that we kind of put this like big burden on like artists and athletes and people who are famous to like kind of raise our kids. But like, that's, that's the parent's job. Like Lil Nas didn't put the headphones on and press play and show the video to your kid. I mean, you're supposed to keep an eye on your kid and, and, and make sure they're not watching things they're not supposed to. So I feel like... I mean, I got yeah. to disagree with that too, though. Go ahead, finish. No, no, no. Why why you disagree? I want to hear this. Well, I, I mean, I don't disagree, but I do disagree, right? So let's say that you have your kids and your kids been watching Dota Explorer, right? Mm-hmm. And after the first couple of times you monitor it, you're like, okay, Dora the Explorer's not doing anything crazy. But then you come around and Dora the Explorer is, is twerking on Diego and, hmm. and and shooting guns and thotting, right? Like, is it the parents' responsibility because they didn't check that one day, even though they known previously that Dora the Explorer was a good a good program? That would be my argument. Well, well but Lil Nas wasn't like Dora, though. He, like uh, Mang said, he was talking about lean. He said boob, boobies. And he said he cheated on his baby. Like, that's, that's all stuff that okay, you're not supposed to be he- listening to. I mean, okay, like, I understand the music is not supposed to be super clean, but why do you write a child's book, and why are you going to Nickelodeon and going to Sesame Street? Like, to me, I don't know. I just, it just, it just seems weird. Yeah. Like, it's a complete, you can't tell me it's not, like, maybe it's not a complete 180, but, man, just put a disclaimer on the video or something. You know what I'm saying? I'm not asking you to be this clean, clean guy, but at least let people, if you know that your music caters to children, at least put some safeguards in place for children that's all i'm asking okay i and i can see that because if you're writing children's books and you're on sesame street and i know you for your you know nickelodeon style song then i mean i do see this is kind of strange and that's that's kind of how i felt as well to me like he really he really fumbled a bag here like he could have stayed in his little you know, I'm not really for kids, but I'm sort of for kids kind of lame. And he could have made a lot of money off this, but now he's kind of like alienated a lot of his uh, his listeners uh, with this. And I'm not to say that yeah, he like, shouldn't, but hey, you know. Yeah, like who is he catering to now? Kids not rocking with him. 
right? He, he pissed off the country fans. And if you if you like if you're a Satanist and you like the devil and stuff, then you're not listening to Little Nas X. You're listening to Kiss and Metallica. So I don't understand who you catering to. Well, maybe he just want to cater himself. He just want to do what he likes. Well, he yep. can be broke. He catered to himself. Then uh, I think that boy far from broke. He he got, he made too much money off that song. Exactly, and and I feel like if anything, he's more so catering to like his more mature audience. You know, like. I'm sure now he'll go to like somewhere like Coachella, you know, and perform this song and all his fans who are attending Coachella would love it, you know, and give him the money for it too. Yeah. And I'm sure people who are, you know, of the LGBTQ community, they probably resonate with the the message behind the video cuz like like what Mang said, I think what he was trying to say is that, you know, be who you want to be. Christians always say that you're going to hell, so if you're going to go to hell, have fun while you're doing it. I mean, I feel like that was his his message to me. So, I have a quick question. Uh, do you feel like every artist should put a disclaimer in their video or music or just song in general? Like, you know, hey, this isn't for... This is a kid-friendly type of thing, you know? It's, I guess it's like... If, if you somebody like... For example, King Von, then no, you don't need the disclaimer, or Chief Keep. But if you were Little Nas X, then yes. I think there's a, I think there's a huge difference between the two. Of those. Yeah. Yeah. One caters for music, even though it may not be your choice. One, one of, and he was on Roblox too. I'm sorry, that's kind of random, but he was. So you can't tell me this man was not trying to cater to children. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you're doing stuff and you're marketing to children, then all I'm asking is the disclaimer. We know King Vonnie out here, or Chief Keep ain't out here marketing the children, so I don't think they need a disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like more so, I guess, big artists like Drake, Rihanna, The Weeknd need disclaimers? I think what Jordan's saying is you only need a, discre- a disclaimer if you've been marketing yourself towards children. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I, I, think I'm, I think I might agree with that. But I'm just saying, though, like, those artists, I'm sure, like, they're also catering to children. I mean... How? Because, okay, so for, like, the, for example, The Weeknd, I remember he he won, uh, like, the Nickelodeon's Kiss Choice Awards uh, from his song, uh, Kid Feel My Face. Mm -hmm. That song is literally about cocaine. (laughs) You can't tell me... You can't tell me that that's not for kids, you know, like... Okay, but have you seen a music video? Does it look like anything like Lil Nas's X video? Okay. That, that's my argument. I, okay, <laughs> but the thing, the thing, the difference is... The weekend did not, like, fall into that. Like, you can be marked, or not marketed, but you can be, like, marked as a kid's artist and then branch away from that and say, look, I'm not a kid's artist, like, you know, I do this. Like, The weekend never, ever was marked as a, as a kid's artist. Like, I remember first listening to him in, like, 2011. This man was talking about doing cocaine in a club bathroom while having a threesome. Like, he never, ever started out as that. Lil Nas, that's basically where he started from. Like, when he, when I first heard of Lil Nas, I thought, oh, this is some guy like Silento. You remember the uh, Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nene dude? Like, that's, yeah. that's who I thought Lil Nas was, for real. So that's different. 
that's different. But that that gives us the second part of this conversation. Uh, I want to get you guys' opinion on his new Satan shoe collaboration. And so basically what happened was Lil Nas, in partnership with this uh, this company called Miss Mischief, uh, they basically take uh, shoes and they just like customize them so that they're like really exclusive and cool and whatever. And so he partnered with this company to create Satan shoes. So they're basically Air Max 97s, but the soles are painted red and they have, uh, they've injected red dye into the uh, air bubble on the shoe, along with a drop of blood. And apparently this drop of blood is from people who designed the shoe. And then it has like a little, a pentagram, which is normally associated with Satan. And it has a, a Bible Bible scripture, um, I think it's Luke chapter 10, verse 18, and that basically, that scripture is uh, the part where Lucifer fell out of the sky because he was kicked out of heaven, and then it has like a, uh, it's, it's, they only made 666 versions of the shoe, so it tells you which out of the six, 666 that you have. So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that as well. Man, I can't lie. That's that's a little creepy. Come on, the drop of human, yeah, human blood. That's pretty. That's pretty creepy, if you ask me. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't lie. Like when I was looking at the shoe, it did look pretty cool, but you know the. <laughs> symbol you know I, I just can't get with maybe if they remove that symbol i could probably rock with rocket but i don't know like i i just can't see myself rocking it because of that and it, the whole symbol behind it nah i can't i just can't get with it that's where i kind of just was like okay look Nas, you uh you tripping dog yeah so you ain't better come and pair them aid force ones Chill out, chill out, chill. I mean, I, I, I first off, I think he dumb for doing that. Like, what were you? You think Nike was just gonna be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. We're not about to sue you, even though you marketing the Satanist. Like, of course they're gonna sue you. I think he's dumb for that. And like, I understand. Like, I don't think he's actually a devil worshiper. A lot of times, those devil worshippers are really just atheists. And they use like Satan as to be edgy and just to offend people. And I think he falls more so in that category. But I mean, I think you playing the dangerous game, sir, because not everybody is smart enough to realize that. And these Christians would definitely cancel you. So I'm just I'm just th- throwing that out here as well. Yeah, I, I think to me, I really feel like what he's trying to do here is he's trying to generate as much outrage as he possibly can so that people continue to talk about that song and they continue to talk about him as a result like i don't even though i i agreed with mang that he had like some kind of message behind his song i really do feel like he did all of this on purpose because nobody was <laughs> nobody was talking about Lil Nas for a while like he kind of he kind of like blew up and fell out of the the scene and everybody was speculating oh okay is this gonna be a one-hit wonder type deal is is this man gonna fall off the face of the earth 
and he the cogs in his mind started turning and turning and he was like what can i do to get people to talk about me and this was it like i, I really feel like that's what he's trying to do here this was it yeah this might be the end of his career i don't know i don't know man watch this song go number one exactly and i feel like if anything you know if like anything anybody like takashi taught us is like attention does uh, uh, bring awareness to you know your craft your you know your music so because uh, he's doing this like yeah just like i said like i just feel like uh i don't know my montero if it'll go number one well it may but if he was to release an album um like in the next few months or so um then yeah like that album's gonna go number one and then you know maybe even montero some song on the album will go number one too because of like he's displaying this uh album because of the attention that he got yeah yeah you're right i just i just think that it's like if you ever were a bad kid like me and you used to burn stuff if you used to burn a piece of paper it's amazing burn but it lasts for about 30 seconds as whoa, if whoa. you burn wood <laughs> it's a slower burn it's not as intense but it lasts for minutes if not 30 minutes so i think negative attention like this yeah you might go out in a blaze of glory and it might be bright and it might be amazing to watch but you know sometimes i'd rather just take that slow burn approach with of like burning something like a big piece of wood it's slower it's more methodical and you know but you last longer so Jordan, your new nickname might be the fire because you be like nah, yeah yeah we need to report you yeah we you are arsonist okay <laughs> i mean that was a bad yeah I ain't, I ain't out here burning stuff now now oh shoot it was burning people house down that's crazy <laughs> All right, but let's move on to our next topic. Another, another, another juicy topic I want to talk to y'all about. What is, what is it about, Kwame? Uh, you guessed it. Saweetie and Mr. Quavo. If you aren't aware, Saweetie, uh, one of, uh, I'd say one of the popping female rap artists. She's uh, She's been out for a little bit. Uh, she's been dating one third member of the uh, Migos, Mr. Quavo. A lot of people like to call him the Beyonce the group. I don't agree, but anyways, they've been dating for quite a while. Everybody, everybody's been using them as, oh, this is this is what a relationship should look like. They're so cute together. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, this past week, turns out uh, Miss Saweetie claims that Mr. Quavo has been treating her wrong. Allegedly, has been cheating on her and uh, basically terminated their relationship uh, uh, through social media. Uh, Quavo, Quavo also responded saying that you're not the girl that I thought you was <laughs> and uh, wish you the best. And they done. They done. And see me, I thought that was the end of the story, but wrong. This past, uh, past days... A video, uh, elevator footage has been released by TMZ. Of course, them boys will dig up anything on you. But uh, TMZ released a video uh, from an elevator. It looks like Saweetie and uh, Quavo, they're both... Well, Quavo looks like he's trying to go into the elevator with his bags. Saweetie takes the bag and tries to, like, you know, run off with it. Quavo grabs her arm 
tries to get the bag back and throws her into the elevator to get his bag. And you can see that, you know, Sweetie's like visibly shaken up. She, she kind of walks with a limp after all that. But uh, after that tussle, you know, it seems seems like everybody's done, you know, turned her to did a 180 on Quavo. Looks like uh, Streets is uh, Streets is cold on him for a little bit. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that, on uh, the issue between Saweetie and Quavo. Man, I'm just thinking from the elevator video, have people or have the celebrities not learned their lesson from watching Jay-Z and Solange <laughs> right. in the elevator? Like, uh, I thought by now, at least, at least like these celebrities would not like have any fights in the elevator because they have cameras, if you, have, if you didn't know. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, if anything, I do kind of really feel like Sweetie is like the the evil one, or she's like not as good as she, uh, she says. And I just feel like the reason why Quavo's being quiet is to help her or to not really just like jeopardize her career. Because you know, I feel like he does care for her. And then when I was watching the video, right, like the whole elevator video, it really just seemed like to me like Quavo wasn't really trying to hurt her. He was just trying to get his Call of Duty briefcase from her. And um, I mean, he just kind of like pushed her to the ground, but it, I don't think he was like intentionally trying to harm her in any type of way. Um, I just kind of feel like, you know, as a society that a lot of uh people look up to these celebrities as relationship goals and once they break up uh that's when these celebrities have so much attention and then that's where like these relationship goals go away because of it yeah yeah that's a good point uh, yeah i don't think he was intentionally trying to hurt her i think he was just done with her he was just like man i don't care about what you you know he said you tripping but he on camera, so he can't be doing stuff like that. And I mean, oh man, I was gonna be tame this episode, but we're being a little too chill, so I got those heated. This man say this every single episode, <laughs> cause it's true. We be tame for the first half of the episode, and then we gotta turn it up. People came for controversy, so man, if. Honestly, if you dating a rapper or a dude that has over a million dollars, he probably gonna cheat on you. Let's just keep it <laughs> 100 million trillion. So, to me, I think you are not dumb, but you are naive if you think you gonna have a faithful man that makes a million dollars plus a year. I know you gotta disagree with me. I disagree. Cause like, you, you are literally like a, a 1% man, right? What woman does not want a millionaire? Like, let's keep it 100. And most, I would say every man, if he had Instagram quality baddies around him every single day trying to slide in, man, I think you, I think you lying if you're saying you're not hitting at least a couple. I mean, but that's different when you got a girl that look like Sweetie though, and she got her own money too. Okay, but you get if you being if we keeping it 100, no matter how fun your girlfriend is, you are gonna get tired of. Smashing her after a while. You gonna shoot, want some new new? Shoot, not me. Shoot, sweetie. If you if you listening, hey, I treat you right forever, for real. You, you lying, bro? You lying? If you were smashing her for <laughs> ten years. You were gonna want some new new. 
Bro, Weenie? Have you seen her? Yeah, she looks good, but you get tired, man. It don't matter how good a girl looks, you won't get tired if you hitting it every single day for five years. Well, hold on, years. every single day. Hold on now. I ain't, I ain't signed up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. But yeah, I. What you guys think, man? Go ahead, Kwame. I was gonna say, like, I just think that. We need to get out of this culture where we look up to these celebrities for everything. Like, why is why are these rich people that you don't know or you don't really have any kind of relationship with? Why are these your relationship goals? Like, you don't have no role models in your own life. You don't got no you don't got no family members where you can say, "Oh, that's relationship goals that you actually know." Like, why are these people that you don't know relationship goals? That's so weird to me. Because they live, they live in a lifestyle. Every man, they're dudes that dudes want to be like them because they got money and they got beautiful women around them and they got fame and status. That's why we look up to them. No, I'm not now, looking up to nobody that I don't know. No. What'd you say, Kwame? So I'm not looking up to nobody that I don't know. I agree, but we can't say that for the masses of the people because they definitely do. Yeah. Um, but that takes me to the next topic. See what I did there? Next topic. <laughs> but anyways, uh, if you don't know, super teams are alive and well in the NBA, and we are watching one being formed right in front of our eyes. No, I'm not talking about the Warriors. They, 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 that's gone. I'm talking about the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. Not only do they have Kyrie Irving, they have Kevin Durant, they got James Harden. Now they have Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. Like basically they they could have a starting five with all all-stars. So are you are you serious? Like what? yes, they really could. So the question is is this the best team that's ever been assembled? I mean, I think talent-wise, yes. Fit-wise, like as an actual team, I think that's to be determined, but I think it's not likely. I think they have the most talent on a roster I have ever seen. But just because you have a whole bunch of talent on a team does not make that the greatest team ever. Mm. Like the Steph Curry, their offense, the way they moved the ball, that was amazing. Jordan... You know what I'm saying? Like right. They didn't have the best talent on that team, but just how the team dynamic worked and how they meshed, I think is going to, for me, without do the Nets. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that because even though they might have, like, statistically the best roster ever, I really do not think that this, this current Nets team would beat the uh, 2017 Warriors. Like, I'm going to keep it a bean. Like, the Warriors where... They have Steph, they had KD, they got uh, Clay, they had Draymond when he was balling. Like, I really do not think that they 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 could beat any of these like top teams that we've seen. Like, they can't beat the '95 Bulls or probably not even Kobe and Shaq Lakers for real. If we being honest. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it, I think they might have edged edge it out against Kobe and Shaq, but. I, I know what you mean. Uh, I I definitely think, you know, I'm a huge LeBron stan. I love LeBron. I think he 
might be the greatest player ever and he's definitely the perfect role model like this man is perfect off the court like, i could not ask for a better role model mm-hmm. and saying that I, I can't i mean i gotta pick the nets like you got three mvps on your team and then you got two two to three wash all-stars that can still go get you 15 20 a night like, i just don't understand how anybody can beat that right now I don't know. I feel like unless they learn how to play together, I mean, I feel like Kyrie and and James have been playing very well together, but just because, you know, Kevin hasn't been 100% for a while. Un- until they learn how to really play together and play to each other's strengths, I don't think that we can say that they're the best team in the NBA right now. They are talent-wise, but as a team... Yeah, it just depends. If KD comes back 10 games before the playoffs, I'm, I'm calling them the favorites. If he comes back during the playoffs or he not coming back at all, then I'm giving it to the Lakers. I just think they need 10 games to figure it out because that's too much talent. They gonna And this team, by the way, is, is probably going to drop like consistently like 150 a night. So I just want y'all to be out there. <laughs> yeah. You might want to watch some of these games. It might, it might, they might be making history for real. All right, seriously. All right, well, that leads us into our final trending topic. <laughs> and this is, this is a, a, a really close, uh, close topic to that. And so we mentioned Kevin Durant. Not sure if you guys know who this is, but uh, Michael Rappaport. Not sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, Michael Rappaport recently shared some Instagram DMs that he got from Kevin Durant. And in these Instagram DMs, Kevin Durant is basically responding to a post that Michael made where he is basically saying that Kevin Durant is a bum and he's basically saying all these other things um, bad about Kevin Durant. And uh, in response, KD says that he's a I can't I can't say these words on the pod. I can't even say these words in front of my mom. But he's he's basically dogging this man out, cussing him out, you know, like just going crazy, like really going in. Some uh, homophobic homophobic slurs were put in there as well. He said some things about his wife, like he went he went crazy. Uh, so I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Man, you want to go first? So you probably used to having people cater you and not flame you. So he was probably shocked by this. But you gotta understand, my boy KD been flamed every day. So he can, you know, when you be getting, you know, that kid that be getting joined on in, in high school or whatever for so long. Right. Man, that man, if you get joined on every day, you start to get good at joining back. So I think that's KD. So that man, can, he can dish it out. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, KD shouldn't be saying those things. But the fact that you're such a coward to 
to go in somebody's DM or go in your DMs and expose this man, and then you have the audacity to sue him. Like, man, you're a coward, bro. Right. Like, I, I, you know what Katie said about you might be right because you acting like I ain't trying to cuss on you. You <laughs> acting like a female dog for real. Yeah, yeah. He, like, it's crazy. Like, how you, how you was talking all this toughness and like talking all this smack, but then when he come into your face and and, and talk to you directly, now you want to bring the lawyers in. Like, now you're trying to sue Kevin Durant for. I don't even know what he's trying to sue him for. Like, if you DM somebody some insults, what can you sue them for? Threatening? What? I don't know. But I thought you're, if you're a comedian, you're supposed to be able to take a joke for real. Because apparently Kevin Durant said this is not the first time that they've talked. And they've talked to each other way worse than what he said. Allegedly. I mean, that's what Kevin Durant said. So he said this is normal for them. So that's why I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. He just being sensitive, man. Or nobody talking about him, so he was trying to get. He trying to be like little Nas X and get get the, get the internet talking about him. You know, his career dying, so he trying to start it up, get it pop. Yeah, I haven't heard, I haven't heard nothing that that man said that was funny in a very long time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. His career is dead. Big dead. Like, like, Put him in a coffin. Put him in the coffin. Can I go ahead and do my individual section while May- our boy Mango come back so we can say the base section for later? Yeah, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do your individual section. <clears throat> Sir, it's time to talk about that. Cash money. So, just a quick story. Um, recently, I, I was in the market to buy a house, but if you know me, I'm cheap, so I, I didn't really want to pay a mortgage like that not off rip so i was looking at 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 an avenue of a multi-family home originally i wanted to do a a a duplex but i watched a like an instagram short on or maybe it was probably a tiktok of how this nfl player i forgot what his name is um, he used fha money which is like a first home home buyers assistance program where basically you have to put less money down and it's easier for you to get the house so he used the fha loan to get a four unit uh, multi-family home or something also called a quadplex the only stipulation with that is that you have to live in it for one year so when we're talking about real estate a lot of people are afraid to get in real estate for a couple reasons number one they feel like they don't have the money they feel like being a landlord is too hard, you know, or they're just, they're just not ready. So step number one is, is, I guess before I start, don't be afraid to get in real estate. Honestly, like you're, you're basically, yes, you are paying into the system and you're paying money for a mortgage. But to me, it's way better because you're actually building equity. If you're paying rent, you're basically that that rent is being wasted because the rent's going you're making the landlord richer you're not making yourself richer with a mortgage in a house especially when you have a multi-family home you can turn that into a passive income stream eventually so and on top of that you know that i think they said on average like the average appreciation of houses last year was 10 percent and it was 25 percent in like california and then manhattan so if you would have just owned a house last year and just started paying a mortgage, you would be, you would have gained 10%, 10%, unless your house was 
$300,000. You would have gained 30 grand last year just by having a house. To me, why wouldn't you get a house? You know what I'm saying? Unless your credit is trash, and that's the first thing that you need to work on. And we're going to have future sections where we talk about that. But if your credit is right, what I would do, I would recommend, is get you can get up to a four-unit house with the FHA. And with the FHA, if your credit is good, you only have to put 3.5% down. Get you a duplex, get you a triplex, or get you a quadplex. Live in one of the units and rent out the other ones. And that way, your mortgage is getting paid off. And once you move out, now you have a passive income stream where you're making, let's say your mortgage is two grand, but you have three grand coming in from rent. Now you're cash flowing the difference. You have some money paying off the, the mortgage and you're getting some money coming in. And to me, and once you're getting that, that valuable landlord experience, because to me, the biggest entry of barrier between you owning one property and 10 properties is just getting the understanding and the knowledge of how to be a landlord and how to handle and manage a real estate property. Once you do it one, it ain't nothing to upscale it. You just got to get in the game and, and to start. And every single real estate person that has millions, you know, the number one thing that they tell me about, about me and my situation, Kwame, can you guess the number one thing that they tell me? The number one thing that they tell you in real estate? Yeah, or like they tell me about my situation and what I'm doing. It's not normal. It, well, they're saying they're saying that yeah, it basically is like you're not you're not. It's not normal because you know I'm a multi-millionaire real estate investor, not me, but the person that I'll be talking to. You know, and I started at 35 and I started at 40. Imagine what I would accomplish if I would have started at your age. That was to me, it's amazing that you're starting so early. Because the biggest hurdle to be a multi-million dollar, uh, multi-millionaire in real estate is just the knowledge basis. So why wouldn't you get that knowledge basis as soon as possible? You know. So don't believe that you can't do it if you're young. I would say if you have the means to pay 3.5% down and you have a little money saving, go ahead and get you the house. I know it's a hard commitment, but do it because you're almost guaranteed a 10% this year because inflation is going to be crazy. And I'm, I am expecting for the next couple of years. Houses are probably going to appreciate anywhere from five to ten percent. You're basically just losing that five to ten percent, not owning the home. But can you hear me? Awesome. That is some so great I got story. some. I got a question uh, yeah, for you, right? Since our theme was constructive criticism, would you say you have any type of constructive criticism for your realtor? My realtor was was trash. So let me tell you about my realtor, right? So number one, I think she was an alcoholic, but we're not gonna talk about that. We ain't talking about people on the on a pod. But I, she would just try to basically find deals that were best for her, and she wouldn't. She wouldn't. She wouldn't try to cater to my needs. So number one, if you're a real estate agent, you should really try to cater. Uh, you should really try to cater to the person that you're are trying to find a house for. Number two, be on time for things. And number three, please be professional. Like that's your job. Like you were getting paid three percent of the sale price. So at least be professional and show up on time and do things that people ask you to do, and try to and try to put yourself in that person's shoes. 
Yeah, man, that does answer my, that my question. question you know, it definitely does uh, help, I guess, you know, for a realtor to put her in your world, kind of put, um, pretty much trying to envision your, herself where she's in your shoes so that way she can be able to, you know, find the house that you're looking for, you know? you haven't decided man you're losing out just basically free money and appreciation not not having one it's not that hard promise you it's just like paying any other bill you get used to it yeah you gotta buy furniture but you can buy furniture over time with that in tow let's go ahead and get to the debate topic yes sir our local lover boy on here person to tell us about corona all right okay so we gotta have a corona question I'm gonna let, all right i'm gonna let him so, go ahead and, and lead it pretty much the for the debate topic right so i just want to give a quick little uh statistic that in the u.s uh about 13.4 percent of the population have gotten vaccinated so if you haven't got vaccinated yet please and go get vaccinated i'm trying to get out here and go to the clubs and make sure like you know i party till the sun come up and just get a whole section make up with some girls all that so anyway um so since people are out here getting vaccinated uh there are some people that are choosing not to get vaccinated for their own personal reasons of course so the question I have for you guys is should we have sympathy for the people who aren't getting vaccinated uh, to catch corona? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, it's going to sound harsh, but I don't know if we should... I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. If it's like, if you're not getting a shot because you're pregnant or you have some medical reason why it's probably better for you, yeah, I'm gonna have some sympathy for you. But if you just don't want to get the shot because of some conspiracy theory or because you just don't want to get it and set the system in, I ain't gonna feel bad if you catch it. I ain't gonna lie. So, and I'm gonna give y'all about two to three months for me to wear this mask. And after that, SOL, good luck. Obviously, you feel like you, you don't need to take this side. So, if you gotta deal with the consequences, that might be harsh, but that's really how I feel. All right, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna just go ahead and, and jump in go real ahead, quick Connie. if I can. Uh, go ahead. So basically, I don't think you should be forcing anybody to take this vaccine. Yeah. You know, like it's just it's just it's their choice. You know, you can't control nobody. Tell them what to do. And you can't tell them what to do. But um I just think that I just I don't know because it's like you do want to have sympathy for these people because like they could literally die from this, but like at the end of the day they chose to do it. But on the other hand, they could do whatever they want because they're grown. So to me, I would say like 
if these people are choosing not to take the vaccine, but they're social distancing, they are putting on their masks, they're washing their hands, they're doing all this stuff, like they're doing the other mitigating things that like try and make sure that you don't get the virus, then I'll still have sympathy for them. But if they are out here, no masks, they just bare facing the world, like they they raw dog in the air and they uh they just don't care, then I wouldn't have any raw dog in the air, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's weird. That 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 makes sense for sure. Yeah, and, and I agree. Uh, no, yeah, I'm good, really. So, I mean, I'm good for on that. Uh, you know, for the first question, I, you know, I, I just feel like I just want to at least say again, like, if you haven't got vaccinated, please and go get vaccinated. I'm tired of wearing masks. My boy Jordan tired of wearing masks. My boy <laughs> Kwame, he's tired of wearing masks. Like we're all tired of wearing masks out here, so please get vaccinated so this pandemic can be done. Okay. Uh, so, Jordan? And what did no, I was just saying, like, you know, just try to emphasize man. again, or, go you ahead, know, man. please get vaccinated. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Sorry to steal your thunder, but, you know, I think that's a great transition. You know, when this pandemic is over, some of these girlfriends been going a long time about having a boyfriend. So you think they should be out here shooting a shot? You want to go first, Kwame? Yeah, yeah. Should women shoot they shot? Hmm. I'm going to keep it a bean with you. So, like, me, I'm all for, you know, equal rights. You know, like, men and women are equal you know whoop de whoop and I definitely think that in some cases you know women should be shooting their shot they should be making their first move like if you're interested in somebody and you know they, they don't know that you're interested or they can't tell there's nothing wrong with you making that first move and, 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 and you know putting my attention towards you you know but I just think that the times where women are the ones to initiate things, like if they're like, like literally chasing after the dude, then nine times out of 10, like that, that relationship is either going to fizzle out or the dude's not really interested. Cause like if a girl, as a, as a woman, if, if you're chasing a man, it just seems like you're desperate. And I'm sorry to say that, but to me, that's just facts. Like it's just, it just seems like you're desperate if you're chasing after a dude. So I'll say in certain situations, yes, shoot your shot, of course, but shooting your shot and then chasing after a guy is two different things. Yeah, you know, and, and I think you can shoot your shot. I think women shoot this shot differently than men. Cause I, I think a dude, I think most dudes is just gonna be like, if they find a girl cute, they're gonna be like, hey, was good right you know but i feel like if a girl was approaching me like that i would be worried about but <laughs> you know i think women are more subtle and to me i think women are better like reading rooms and and social skills and that type of stuff typically so she might be like oh you know you know what she might ask for directions or 
she might ask for the time or she might make some comment that's not really like a, a full-on shot but it's pretty much like she really setting you up for the sis she already set up the pick and roll all you got to do is lay it up you know i think to me that's how women shoot they shot and they show that they are extremely interested so if in that way then yes ladies please a lot of times i'm busy so if you're trying to shoot your shot make it blatantly obvious that you want me to shoot i'll shoot you just gotta be open you know what i'm saying i ain't trying to have no blockers to be trying to score on you so yeah so i definitely think girls should should shoot their shot uh main reasons because out here in the world right the man is usually the the guy to or the person to be able to go after the woman and it's statistically proven right that there are more men out there than women so it should definitely be the other way around right you know we're the rare breed we're the ones that's uh that the woman want i always say this right the women are the gatekeepers of sex and then the men are the gatekeepers of commitment so because of that the woman should be able to go after the man because they want that commitment and if they want that commitment they're gonna have to make sure that they are the first ones shooting their shot. It shouldn't be the man, you know. It should always be the the woman that should be able to shoot their shot. Uh, so that's why I feel like girls should always be able to shoot their shot first. So, man, you want you want a girl to really approach you like a dude? Is that what you're saying? You want to be like, hey, man. You know, hey, I think you cute. I just want to say what's up. Jeez. What's good? Yeah, I want that. You want, I mean, you want, you want her to do that, man? <laughs> Is that what you want? Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't okay. want that? I mean, would you, you want, want that, that, Jordan? I got you. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, no, I'm gonna be weirded out. I'm thinking she throwing that that thing at everybody if she do that. Honestly, <laughs> I ain't gonna wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I ain't trying to buy yeah, a used car man. at new car prices. You know what I'm saying? Chill out. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. If you like that, if you a used car, at least try to sell me all you. Yeah, you know, I mean, but car, hey, you know say that green. used cars are real gems at times. You know, I ain't why she gotta be a new car, be best car, car in your life, and you never have to look back at getting like a new car. I, I think y'all both right. I think y'all both right. Yeah. I mean, with that, you know, I, I think this is. A, I think we're gonna wrap up the pod. Oh, actually, we got we got two more questions. I'm tripping, boy. Obviously, I must be tired. Forgive me, podcast. We got one more question, then we're gonna wrap it up. It's a spicy one. I'm gonna let my boy Kwame go first too. Has social media changed society for better or for worse? Whoo. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Has social media changed society for better or for worse? Um, dang. I guess I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna take out one of my Uno cards. I'm using wild card, and I would say Ooh. that it's done both, but to different degrees. Like, social media has changed the world for the better because it's made it easier to communicate. It's made it easier for us to get information out. 
It's made it easier for us to, you know, be aware of things, to know things. Um, it's definitely, you know, allowed people to learn more. It's just, it's connected the world even closer than it was before with the advent of the internet. So in that sense, like social media has done so many things that are good. That's, and that's why I'm, I'm using this kind of cop-out answer. But uh, it's changed the world for the worse because I think that it's kind of given us this like jaded view of the world where we think everybody is successful at 21. You gotta have the world figured out before you even, you know, able to rent a car. Like, uh, and it's given people like really warped views on what their body should look like. Um, it's it's given a lot of people an avenue to like be able to hate on people, but anonymously. Like, you used to have to say things to people's face. Now you can just go ahead and make you a fake little avatar on Twitter, and you can directly talk to one of your favorite celebrities and make them feel like crap. <laughs> Uh, for free so like I think that it's a yes and no type of answer because they I can just point to so many things good that social media has done and then point to so many things bad that social media has done at the same time no I feel that that's a good answer you know I gotta disagree but I'm gonna let my boy Mang go ahead and hit us Mango. deep thought provoking right. so I will it's say like, this right I definitely do feel like social media has changed society uh, for the worse. Um, I personally do not mm-hmm. like social media, so I feel like this is kind of like a biased answer. But regardless, um, because for the fact that, you know, with the full or the first uh, pioneer of social media was MySpace, right? It gave people a way to reconnect with other people and from there like myspace just invented this thing where you can have like best friends on their front page or on your front page of your own myspace profile so it's like people's competing to be like your best friend and then other things like facebook instagram twitter came out and those type of things where it's like it became like a competition to kind of be like the main spotlight on that social media uh page to other people so that way you can bring in other followers and other people can be able to look at your posts um pictures whatever so in a way it's like social media has brainwashed society to make sure or to see that um you're always competing for some type of fame that's really nothing um in the outside world where in the outside world you know no one really cares about you know being your top number one best friend or being you know or your pictures on your phone or on your own social media page you know more so people in the outside world just only caring about getting money you know or have their own problems to deal with on social media it's just none of that really matters so it's just mainly just the only thing that really matters i would say is just attention so in a way social media just kind of brainwash people to only focus on the attention and not really focus on anything 
like that's dealing with the outside world. I gotta agree with man on this one because honestly I think social media has brought out the worst of humanity I know that sounds morbid but let me go ahead and <laughs> explain right cause before number one you confront people are basically incentivized to front right like the, the more you front on Instagram the more popping you seem and more followers or whatever that you seem number two I think it has sexualized the real like yeah we know back in the day things were still sexualized but literally like girls are becoming famous for they 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 they're their assets we'll say per se and, and they have no shame like they have only fans and Instagram and now like you can legitimately get on a, uh, on a on a website and objectify women. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I think that's just so crazy to me. You know, and that way, I, and on top of that, I think to me, it's giving people bad body images, or like body dysmorphia, because you see these perfect people, right? The best of the best of the best with the best angles. And on top of that, after they take a thousand pictures and they got filters on there, and now you think this is how your body should look. Like, I'm in great shape. And honestly, you know, like, I mean, not to brag, I'm in great shape. But I don't feel like I'm in great shape because if you look at some of these dudes on Instagram, they like 300 pounds of pure muscle with six pack at like 20 packs. And you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I've been paid and working in the deal for years and I ain't look nothing like these dudes. And it kind of be like, dang, like, am I actually doing anything? And you be seeing all these people get rich, which, you know, is, is cool. But they be rich at, like, 13. And be like, what am I doing with my life? So I think it can create an anxiety in people. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, honestly, we kind of all ended up agreeing on this one. But, man, I just really think social media is the devil. But <laughs> it's a great tool to get rich. <laughs> it's a great tool to get rich and to network. So that is good. Yeah. You know, with that, I think we're going to wrap up the pause. You know, we had a spicy episode. Uh, we have, you know, the boy bringing that fire and that great insight made with with that fire, too, and that lover boy atmosphere. You know, I know he, he might have got a couple more girlfriends in the audience tonight. Sheesh. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and YouTube to go ahead and, and make sure that you get the newest drop of the episode. Episode 7 will be dropping in two weeks. Is there anything you want to say, Kwame, before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, shout out to you guys, you gentlemen, for uh, pulling up, you know, making this a great pod. And uh, make sure you guys, if you guys have any questions or anything, you hit us on our e- Gmail at thecorporatesavages at gmail.com. Like Jordan said, you follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple, Apple uh, Pods. And you give us a five star. And then remember, the only way to make it in corporate America is to be a savage. Facts. Be a savage. Man, you want to rise up? I just want to say, you know, just spread the love out there. Be a lover, not a fighter out there. And, you know, for all the people, uh, you know, that's dealing with constructive criticism, always just make sure that it's not about you is more so about the situation and how you can be able to improve on it 
uh man you know just also want to say that sweetie if you out there listening to the wonderful corporate savages podcast uh just hit me up in my line and i can treat you right just just gotta say that out there hit my line too but if i'm making a million dollars a year i'm probably i'm probably cheating on i'm just kidding <laughs> i ain't no i condone cheating for real but don't don't be cheating but if you if you if your dude is making or your girl is making a million dollars she probably will cheat or he will probably cheat on you i'm just keeping it 100 so. all right with that i think we can wrap up the pod. it was a great episode